For 2021, we're starting our show with this new disclaimer. COVID is real. Vaccines save lives. Western medicine is the best for treating acute diseases and emergencies. If you have a medical ailment, your first call should always be to your doctor. While holistic medicine is great for a lot of things, meditation does not fix everything. We also want to remind everyone that black lives fucking matter. Trans lives fucking matter. Marijuana legalization should be accompanied by dropping past possession charges and convictions. Human trafficking is real. Systematic racism is real. White privilege is real. Holocaust deniers still exist. Neo-Nazis still exist. Whataboutism and both sides rhetoric only serves fascism. Disinformation is dangerous. Many platforms and media outlets will attempt to expose you to far-right ideas by slowly pulling you in. It is everybody's responsibility to learn the dog whistles and rhetorical tactics and to call them out when encountered. The events of January 6, 2021 were a QAnon-inspired fascist coup attempt, and we will not be silent until there are consequences. If you have any problems with this, feel free to turn the show off now. Having said that, let's get back to weird stuff and weed. Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes, in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. Hello, and welcome back to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. This is our podcast about the paranormal and weed and all things weird. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some more weird stuff, I assume, today. Yes. But uh, (laughs) first, let's check in. How are you doing today? Checking in. Vibe check. (laughs) Vibe check. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good actually. Okay, good. Thank you for checking in on my vibe. My vibe's doing pretty great. I do be vibing. You do be vibing. We do be vibing. <laughs> Instead of saying amen at the end of our prayers, we just got to say we do be vibing. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if I can do that, man. I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Just once. Just once. We'll see how it feels. We'll see if it works. You know, I'll try everything yeah, once. Yeah, that's all I ask. Anyway, yeah, I've uh, I've been pretty productive over the last couple of days. I had a good weekend because we got to hang out. Yeah, that was sick. Oh my god, it was so sick. Sam and I uh, quarantined for two weeks so that we could hang out for the first time in months, and it was amazing. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, and Sam made me a really great pie. That I am still enjoying. Nice. <laughs> I did make the, the strawberry whipped cream, by the way. Yeah. Proud of yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I did it like in the middle of the day yesterday because I like wanted a piece of pie and I was like, I can't have it without the whipped cream. I just can't do it. I bet it was really good. <laughs> it was so good. good. Thank you. You're welcome. And then, yeah, I, f- I just, I feel pretty good. And uh, I guess I'm excited because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of stuff that uh, is coming up that I like have to look forward to and we got some stuff this weekend actually that I want to talk about we got yeah. some stuff this weekend we went thrifting and what what <laughs> what, 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 what 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 Sam found what? Uh, a wicked old Sony voice recorder 
which is relevant to our interests as people who (laughs) would like to go ghost hunting. Yes. Um, I'm so so, excited. Wait, it's a, it's an M203 micro cassette quarter. And we don't have tapes, but we're going to get tapes. And then we're going to go see if we can record some fun stuff. Yes. Some electronic voice phenomena, perhaps. Some EVPs. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I'm so excited. And then also another thing I was thinking is I did just get an Instax Polaroid camera, which could also be useful to us oh i didn't even think about that oh, oh my i did God. oh I, I was like "Ooh, man so very good yeah i'm very okay. excited yeah so we got to order the tapes which uh thank you to our patrons it's probably going to come out of our patreon fund <laughs> yeah and uh and yeah i feel pretty good how are you um i am also pretty good i am upset that i left the recorder at your house when i left but it's okay okay. i wouldn't have used it anyways yet that's true but i like i I understand you probably wanted to like look at it yeah i wanted to bond with it i really needed to um oh god what do you call it in D &D? attune i wanted (laughs) to attune ah. to this item ah yes yes (laughs) okay i understand i understand well i uh I have been keeping it over here on my desk, and uh, I have not attuned to it, so it's ready. It's ready for you when you're ready. Oh, it was you. your. It was your find. So yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Sometimes you find good stuff at the thrift store, <clears throat> and I was really stoked that oh, we went man. to the thrift store. I found that fucking wax warmer. I haven't posted a picture of it yet. I found that wax warmer. Mm-hmm. that i'm really excited about that thing was sick oh, i love that thing i got a cool new shower curtain with cactuses on it yeah which i am great. unreasonably excited about which shows i think i'm an adult so mm-hmm. i mean i was stoked about, about that throw pillow yeah that's fair too oh you know who else was stoked about that throw pillow schmau and both big of the cats <laughs> yeah both, both of, the, of cats. the cats holy they shit loved that pillow that was wild. Amazing. Um, but yeah, we took in a friend who was oh yeah, soon to be houseless. So we have been having another person in our home for the last few days. So it's been a little weird and our house is very small. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay because it's better than uh leaving your friend out on the fucking street yeah absolutely if you're listening to this fuck you you can find a way to take in your friend who's homeless trust me you can find a way you can always find a way you can always find a way um anyways besides that uh oh my god i went to the grocery store yesterday because we needed food and Mm -hmm. as you do i was already nervous about going to the grocery store because Mm -hmm. yes because panini because panini yes (laughs) we get there and they have rearranged our entire stock we don't like change we don't like change so i was literally having a meltdown in the grocery store over 
them fucking changing the eyes because we were there way longer than we wanted to be because we couldn't find any of the things that we were looking for and we had to keep going back and forth yeah but yeah it was not good i like was having trouble breathing i was just like freaking out it was not good i'm sorry (sighs) yeah oof but at least I had Nick. That's true. It's a lot easier when you go with another person because then you can be like, hey, I'm freaking out. Hey, I need you to do all the shopping while I steer my body around. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm just going to hold the cart. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Nick was very on top of it and I very much appreciate him. Good. But I actually didn't end up getting any snacks for myself. We got like... They have gluten-free Oreos now, by the way. Oh. So we got a pack of those to try. Are they okay? I haven't tried them yet. Oh, and then shit. the other okay. ones we got were is a uh, strawberry frosted donut Oreo, but it's one of the blonde Oreos, and mm. I don't like those. <laughs> I might try one, but I like the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we normally get the dark chocolate ones, I feel like. Yes. You introduced dark me to those, thins. and I was like... Have you had the thins? No, I haven't. But okay. I will. I will try those next time. I've been trying. To, I've been trying not to buy cookies like that because when I do, and Jeff knows that they're in the house. Oh yeah, they just... disappear very quickly. So that I try. So sad. It's very. I know this is kind of rude of me, but I try to keep snacks in the house that Jeff doesn't like. Oh, I was just about to say I definitely buy snacks that Nick isn't supposed to eat. Because yeah, yeah. he usually stays away from them. But, like, he'll, I, I'll usually give him, like, a bite or two. But, like, he's like, nah, I won't do it. IBS, man. Um, <laughs> like, great, more for me. Dude, a couple weeks ago, before we went to the grocery store, Jeff was like, we were talking before we went. And he was like, I'm going to, like, try not to get anything, like, super unhealthy. Because if I don't buy it, then I won't eat it. And I was like, yeah, if it's not in the house, you won't be tempted to eat it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And then we got to the grocery store. And I was like, I'm still going to get ice cream because I happen to have somewhat a level of (laughs) self-control. Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) Um, And I can eat like a quarter of a third of a pint Mm -hmm. in one night. I won't eat the entire pint in one night. Yeah, man. An entire pint is just so much. I I usually have like three or four (sighs) bites and then put it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not. Um, So I like went and grabbed a thing of ice cream, a pint of ice cream, and it was a mint chocolate one. Yeah. Which you know Jeff hates. Yeah. So Jeff saw it in the cart, and he goes, I'm going to go get different ice cream because you got one that I don't like. And I said, I did that on purpose. And he was like, he was like, oh, okay, well, and he, he still ended up going and getting ice cream. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm not your mom. Do what you want. But he was like mad because I grabbed the ice cream that he wasn't going to eat. Because I, I know he was planning. I'm like, okay, I'll just take a couple bites of it. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Ha ha. <laughs> anyway. I always love to see the crazy shit the people at Oreo come up with, you know? Oh, man. <sighs> I... So I never got the chance to try the chocolate strawberry ones. The ones that were, like, chocolate with strawberry filling. I, like, know those existed for a period of time. And I never got to try them. And I'm Yeah, they were either, really like, butthurt. strawberry milkshake or strawberry ice cream. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I've I definitely had them, and they were my favorite. 
Oh, soba. Yeah. Hurt. Those sounds so good. They were those were around like a long ass time ago too. When yeah, when they first started like trying new flavors, it's wild. They need to do they it again. Bring that back. Yeah. <gasps> this is completely random. I have no idea why why my brain went here. Actually, I do, but ADHD? I don't need to explain it. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about how. You know how you can vote for flavors? I wish they would do something like that. And I could just make all of my friends, all of my Twitter followers, everyone, just vote for a chocolate strawberry one so that I could get that back because I need it. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about how you can vote for things online that companies make. And um, I was on the Squishables website. And you can vote for new Squishables. And so there was one where you could vote for a, a whale shark. Of course, of course I voted for that. Because if, if Squishables makes a whale shark, I will 100% buy it. Yeah. Um, That's so cute. But the reason I was on the website was because I was pre-ordering a Poodle Moth and a Baphomet. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> I want a Baphomet. Oh Do God. it. They're $22. Okay, they're that's they're not really that not that bad. You should absolutely pre-order one. It they it says you won't get them until June, but like whatever. I want to make okay. sure I get one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I need a alphabet so badly. I love my little plague nurse so much. Oh, the plague nurse is so cute. I love my little moth, my little rosy oh maple moth. Oh my god, the moth. Oh, he's so cute too. The poodle moth that I bought is the big one. It's the 15 inch one. Ooh. It's big boy. Jeff's I'm very excited. Scared. He's gonna be so. St- and I'm getting him another moth because he said he doesn't want a big poodle moth. He wants a big rosy maple moth or a luna moth, I think. So we're probably going to end up with like three or four moths. I don't Hell have a problem yeah. with it at I all. I love that. I love that for us. <laughs> and a Baphomet. And a Baphomet. And Yay. maybe a whale shark. Mm-hmm. If you're on the Squishables website, <laughs> vote for the whale shark. PSA. <laughs> What was the other thing it was up against? Oh, there were a whole bunch. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, you know what? Since since I know that we have some... Okay, so everyone's... If you don't know what Squishables are, everyone's obsessed right now with Squishmallows. Those are different. They're not the same. Squishables, in my opinion, are superior. They so. are. I actually do have both, but... Oh, Well, that's God. good to know. They- so if you go to the Squishables website, you can vote for... Um, the whale shark, of course. Um, there's a zebra finch, a little bird. There's a, uh, an Ursa major, which is like a bear with a little star. Um, a sprout. Oh, shit. Like a potted plant with a sprout in it. There's a Scorpio scorpion. There's a raven, a magpie, um, a crab apple, which is like a crab that like has apple claws on it. That's so funny. Um, there's a goldfish. Oh. That goldfish is so cool. Spooky cat. Yeah, I voted for the anglerfish too. And I voted for the spooky cat because that one looks like Orion. Yeah, that was my immediate thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch though. There's if so you, many. There's so many. Yeah. There's a mantis. Squishable bacon. Squishable fly. <sighs> there's so many. So these are just people who just like design squishables and then you vote for them and then they make them that's really cute yeah this is such a wholesome website it's a great company too apparently so good anywho (sighs) wow 
Well, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Are you ready to hear our topic for today? Almost. Okay. How much water have you drank today? Oh, shit. It's time to hydrate or die, everybody. Hydrate or die. I think this is my second cup, so I'm not doing too great. But actually, before I start, I will go refill it because it's almost down to the bottom. So I will be on my third. Okay. After this. I am just about to finish my second, actually, right now, too. And will also go and refill it. Great. Hydrate. Hydrate or die. We scream as we run to the sink. (laughs) Welcome back. I have returned and my cup is full. My cup runneth over. Ah, yes. Wow. That's another thing I'm about to bring up. What? Oh, that's so weird. Okay. All right. Well, since we're ready, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Is that a synchronicity? Yes, 100%. Or it's divination. We discussed this. The last episode, is it divination or is it synchronicity? I don't know. We haven't asked. Oh, right. We haven't really asked yet. So the topic I wanted to talk about today is tarot. Okay. So I thought today I would talk about give you like a history, a little intro to tarot and what it's all about. And then we can talk about the major arcana for part one. And then I'll do a couple other parts later for the other cards. Cool. So the reason why I'm freaking out is because you said my cup runneth over. And that's one of the things that I learned about the temperance card in tarot is it it's supposed to signify or signify one cup overflowing into another. And so when you said that, that's what I thought of. And then I said, okay, I need to separate my cards into the major arcana. (laughs) So I start going through my cards as I'm thinking about that. The very first card that pops up. So I'm like this. I'm I'm shuffling. Here's one other card. And then the second one is temperance. (laughs) And if you look at temperance, it's literally one cup overflowing into into another. Boom. Divination. It's real. And I'm about to tell you why. Uh, <laughs> wow. After I have separated my cards, because I didn't do that before. That's wild. So that was a fun start. That was a fun start. I did not plan that. I'm telling you, I did not plan that shit. I'm just psychic, man, you know? Dude, I, I know. That's another thing we can add to that. I just knew. You did. Well, we were like, hydrate or die, and then the cups, and then the... And then the cups, and then the... And the cups, and the stuff. Oh, for our wonderful listeners, I did actually have a very powerful Terra reading this past weekend after oh, not yeah. having one, after not doing one for a really long time. And then I realized that that deck is like too serious. <laughs> yeah. It's too real, you know? <laughs> I guess so, man. So I need some recommendations for nicer decks. Let me know. <laughs> Not, like, nicer, like, quality-wise, just kinder. Yes. Like, (laughs) I want them to make me feel like they didn't just lay my life out in front of me, bleeding. God damn it, man. Some guiding words, perhaps? I was gonna say, I mean, I, I like... There's two of my decks, one of which I'm using right now, that I really like because they're very... So, okay. So if you're familiar with tarot you know that each deck kind of has like a personality. And when you pull cards with each deck, each reading feels a little different based on what deck you're using. 
So the one that, the two that I like, uh, the Tarot of a Moon Garden, which I'm using today, and the Wild Unknown, which is the deck that you gifted me, mm-hmm. those two feel like, well, the Wild Unknown deck feels like a very stern mother to me, which is good because that's like my ancestral deck. That's where I go when I want to talk to like my ancestors or like my mother or, you know, my grandmother or something. And this is like more of like a nature based deck. So it almost gives me like a, um, I want to say like a nature elemental kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Like kind of like a, it's a very like kind presence. It tastes like dirt. Yes. It's very earthly. Yeah. Which I like. Um, And I would tell you to get one of these too, but I know that you like definitely want to get your own Mm -hmm. one that's like a little different. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe just go poke around a little bit. Yeah. Just poke around. See what speaks to me. Exactly. All right. One, two, three, four. I got to put them in order. What's a nine in Roman numerals? Ah. IX. I'm incredibly dumb. I wouldn't have known the answer to that. X. X. I. I. X. I. 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 X. I. 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 Where is it? God damn it. I should have done this earlier. X. V. One. Da. 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 Boom. Okay. Got him. Perfect. Now I'm ready. Ouch. Smacked my mic. Okay. Sorry. I went to go kiss my puppy. But I didn't because she was asleep. So I just waved. Little baby. Little baby. Oops, I, I just baby. spilled water. Spilling water all over myself. Now my body is hydrated on the outside <laughs> as well. <laughs> as well as the inside. Whoops. You must hydrate throughout. Including all of my clothes and sweatshirt. Okay. So, my sources for part one of our tarot section. Um, I have a lot. Uh, I did use Wikipedia a little bit. Um, a lot of this just comes from, like, random notes that I've taken over the time that I've had learning tarot, which is not that long, maybe two years. So I have a tarot key that's in a book from, uh, Danielle Louet. If you know her on social media, it's A Witch Alone, um, and her first edition of her book of shadows has a tarot key in the back so i use that a lot and i'm gonna use that today and i also have some notes from a class that i took with kiki dombrowski um she runs those through the boston public library and those are really great um so when this episode goes up i'll probably post a link to her stuff so that people can go and find her because those classes are free and those are really helpful to me and yeah Oh, and my guidebooks from all my tarot decks, I guess. So, I'll give you a little history of tarot. Uh, First, I want to say tarot is not a closed practice. It's not closed to use tarot. Um, Tarot actually originated as playing cards in the 14th century. So it was literally like a casual game that people played. Literally just playing cards. And when you like look at tarot cards, you find similarities to regular playing cards anyway. And uh, so that dates back to 1367 was the earliest mention of tarot-related playing cards. Cool. Um, And then that spread across Europe. Um, The records are kind of, like, spread out and a little bit hard to find because 
playing cards were actually banned in Europe or certain parts of Europe for periods of time. That's pretty funny. Why? It didn't, I was going to say, it didn't say why, but I'm assuming it's because like gambling and stuff, like people were probably using it for that or I have no, I have no idea. I mean, if people were, people probably could have been using them for all kinds of different things or maybe they thought it was satanic. Who knows? But it was the 1400s, so as no, I have no idea. I literally know nothing about the 1400s, so I also have no idea. Like we've said before, anything before the 1600s just sounds fake. not real. Yeah, it's just fake. <laughs> so the first cards contain a basic pack um, that was four suits of 13 cards. The first documented tarot packs were recorded in 1440 through 1450 in. Uh, areas like Milan and Florence, Italy. And this was when additional trump cards or trionfis, T-R-I-O-N-F-I-S, uh, were added to the common packs. Cool. So they added these things to the packs and then it became tarot. Um, the word tarot derives from the Italian tarocchi. <laughs> um, and tarocchi. T-A-R-O-C-H was a synonym for foolishness in the 15th to 16th centuries. So they're still kind of seeing it as like, it's they're playing. Like it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So don't take this too seriously. That's what I have to say. Literally me every single time I do something. It's <laughs> like, ah, it's fun. Hey, you know what? Things only have as much significance as what you give them. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. That's very true. You're welcome. And relevant. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, okay, so this was the 15th, 16th century. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the earliest evidence of a deck used for divination or cartomancy. Um, Ooh, that's such a good word. Yes. <laughs> comes from um, an anonymous manuscript written around 1750 documenting meanings for each card. So... The three most common tarot decks are the Tarot of Marseille, the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, and the Thoth tarot. Um, the Thoth tarot was actually developed by Aleister Crowley. Interesting. Yes. And apparently, um, I've heard from multiple people that that deck has a tendency to feel a little darker. It's a little more harsh. Some people say it's really hard to work with. Um, if you have that deck, I'd love to hear your experiences with it because I've heard enough to make me a little bit scared to ever use it. <laughs> I gotta look it up. I've never actually looked it up or anything. Please do. How do you spell that? T-H-O-T-H. -T -H, Thoth. It, uh, the imagery is... I don't really know how to describe it. I guess it's just dark. It's very, like, dark imagery. Weird. I have one friend who has the Thoth tarot deck, and he says that every time he tries to use it, the cards literally fly out at him. It's very colorful, though. Yeah, it looks really neat. It's like a really beautiful deck. That's so funny. But so the deck that we're going to focus on is I'm going to I'm going to say it's probably like the most common, the most popular tarot deck, which is the Rider Waite Smith tarot. Um, it was published in 1909. And if you think of tarot, it's probably like the deck that you think of. Like that's the imagery that you that comes up in your head. So the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck features uh, simple images detailed with symbolism. Um, it was influenced by 19th century magicians and oh, 
It was influenced by a 19th century magician and occultist, Eliphas Levi, and the teachings of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Can you repeat his name for me? What was that? Eliphas Levi? E-L-I-P-H-A-S. Levi. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very cool name, yeah. Very cool name. So the deck has 78 cards. Um, The suits are swords, wands, cups, and pentacles. So that's like the standard suit suits for tarot, and it's what you're going to find in most tarot decks. Some tarot decks switch it up and make it something else. Like I have one deck that, um, what is it? The wands or something else. (laughs) The wands, the wands are sticks or something yeah. like that. Yeah. One of my friends has one where the pentacles are discs. I think that actually might be the Thoth tarot, where the pentacles are discs. Hmm. Um, so, like, every deck is a little different. But anyway. Um, discs. Oh, if you have a tarot deck, by the way, if you want to take it out at any point while you're listening to this, um, being able to, like, look at the imagery with your tarot deck can sometimes be very helpful from what I found. Um, especially if your deck has similarities to the Rider Waite tarot, I've found that mine actually does. My uh, tarot of a moon garden deck does. But anyway, so the major arcana for tarot is kind of like a progression. And it starts with zero and ends at 21. So when you lay out the cards from zero to 21, it's almost like a story being played out. Which I think is really cool. (laughs) So let's start at zero, which is the fool. Uh, And the fool is actually sometimes unnumbered. Sometimes it's like just a random card. It's like kind of reminds me of the Joker in like a standard deck. Mm. And it's not one of the trump cards. So it's not one of the like other cards that got added. Oh, by the way, the trump cards are it. That basically means that they have like they've been recontextualized and they have a quote complex esoteric meaning in the occult Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the fool or number zero is often depicted as a beggar or a vagabond in my tarot of a moon garden deck it's pretty much depicted as like the joker or or, i'm sorry a joker jesus christ the the joker in the tarot deck I know you mentioned a a Joker, and um, I was saying I hate that to the imagery because yeah, I do too. It's gross. That's gross. Don't. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of it. But typically, the fool is depicted um, as a young man. He's often walking knowingly, or he's getting closer to like a ledge or a cliff, and it's like he's like on the brink of falling over the cliff. in most decks, there's also a small dog that accompanies him. I'm not really sure what that is supposed to symbolize. He has a white rose in one hand, which is meant to symbolize freedom. Um, in the other hand, he has a small bundle of just like random items that's meant to symbolize untapped knowledge. So like books and stuff like that. And the fool is like the protagonist of this like whole story with the major arcana. And the major arcana is like the path that the fool is like following along this entire story. And it it's also called the fool's journey. Wow. Cool. So he's walking through life's mysteries as he progresses. 
Um, when you pull the Fool card, it can sometimes symbolize folly, delirium, frenzy, mania. Let me give you some more descriptive terms here. Yeah. Impulsiveness, being childlike, uh, being spontaneous, or jumping into new things and new beginnings. So depending on the situation, you can read it a little differently. So that's the Fool. And then number one, our first trump card. I hate saying trump card now. God damn it. Um, <laughs> is the magician. You're going to have to just like bleep it out every time you say it. Something like that. I don't know. I'll have to find. I don't know, man. <sighs> that is so anyway, sad. That is very sad. So, so the first card, or number one, is the magician, also known as the magus, or sometimes the juggler, which... I don't know where that came from, but it was on Wikipedia, so who knows. Okay. So the magician has an infinity symbol over his head. He also has an Uroboro belt, like the snakes. Ouroboros. Yeah, thank you. I have a tattoo of one. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that is also supposed to symbolize eternity or infinity. Um, there's also a garden of flowers underneath him. It's supposed to symbolize manifestation and cultivation of your desires in almost every magician card that i've seen he has one hand pointing at the sky and the other pointing down at earth and that's meant to symbolize as above so below which is a very common saying in the occult meaning like things that happen in the universe will be reflected on earth here you can look at it wow yeah i like this card i love his beard it's very yeah Yeah, me too. Delicious. (laughs) Also, there's, um, in front of him, there's a table. And on the table, there's a cup, a sword, a wand, and a pentacle. So that's like all of the suits of the minor arcana. So when you pull the magician, um, it can mean that you have all of the, the tools in front of you to like achieve what you want. Basically, everything's laid out in front of you. And you're your goal is very focused and you have like the knowledge that you need to be able to use those tools is basically what it's saying. So yeah. Number two. I'm going to try and fly through these. Um, <laughs> fly like an eagle. Uh, the high priestess. Um, the high priestess is meant to symbolize the feminine divine. Um, in most cases, she wears blue robes and she sits with her hands on her lap. In one hand, she's holding um, a scroll with the letters T-O-R-A, or Torah, meaning divine law. There's a crescent moon at her feet. She also has a crown made of, like, crescent-type shapes that almost look like horns. And she sits between two black and white pillars. One pillar is a J, has a J on it. The other one has a B on it. And that is meant to symbolize, I'm probably pronouncing these wrong, Joaquin and Boaz of the Temple of Solomon. And also in a lot of decks, there are a lot of pomegranates and like palm leaves and stuff like that. Um, so like this card kind of reminds me of like Persephone. Oh, hell like, yeah. Even like my deck has like a pomegranate. Oops. A pomegranate yeah. like on the bottom. Weird. So the high priestess can symbolize secrets, mystery, uh, the future not yet revealed, wisdom, science, Seeing beyond what's in front of you and the unknown. And then we have the Empress, which is number three. The Empress sits on a throne 
and she has a crown of 12 stars, which is supposed to symbolize the full, the year. So like one star for each month. And she also holds a scepter, which is supposed to symbolize power. In a lot of decks, she sits in a field of grain, which is supposed to symbolize like fertility and growth. Mm-hmm. On mine, she's like sitting on a cornucopia, which Swag. is cute. And she has like big butterfly wings. Uh, the Empress can mean action, initiative, doubt, doubt like towards the unknown. It can also mean fruitfulness. It can mean harmony with the natural world and creativity. Uh, the Empress also is uh, closely connected to like Venus. So the Empress is like the Venus card. And the High Priestess is the moon card, which is why she has like all the crescent moons and shit. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Emperor. So the Emperor is like the ultimate like masculine ego basically (laughs) in the standard deck he's sitting atop a ram adorned throne so like the arms have like ram heads on them uh he's got like a cloak that sometimes has like ram symbolism on it and that's supposed to be like symbolism for mars Mm, mm, mm. most of the time he has a beard which symbolizes wisdom um he holds a globe in one hand which represents domination and he sits atop a barren mountain, a sign of, quote, sterility of regulation and unyielding power. It's actually my favorite card. It's a very good card. It sounds very, yeah. like, to us, it sounds very, like, ugh, toxic masculinity, but, like, yeah, that's what that yeah. looks like. Um, when you pull the card, though, it can mean stability, power, protection, realization. It can symbolize a great person, a person that gives aid, authority, will, like your true will. It can also symbolize leadership and structure. On to one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure the Taurus card? Yeah. Yeah. Card closely associated with Taurus is five, which is the Hierophant, also known as the Pope. Literally looks like a Pope. Cute. So the Hierophant is typically a masculine figure. He holds his right hand raised, almost like in like a blend, a blessing kind of like gesture. He holds two fingers up and two fingers down, which symbolizes a connection between heaven and earth um, or a bridge between deity and humanity. Uh, in his left hand, he has a triple cross, which is a symbol of the Pope. And in my deck, he has um, like keys laying at his feet. The Hierophant represents marriage, alliance, Servitude, mercy, goodness, inspiration, uh, sometimes captivity. Um, It can also represent a teacher or a knowledge seeker, Mm -hmm. which I think is the meaning that, like, I more closely think of it as. Like, when I think of the Hierophant, I think of, like, somebody who's, like, still searching for inspiration, still searching for knowledge. So, anyway. And then we have the Lovers, also known as the Twins which is more closely associated with Gemini. In the Rider-Waitsmith tarot, it's depicted as Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not subtle. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And uh, they're like standing around the Tree of Knowledge, and there's a serpent as depicted in the Bible. Um, And actually, my deck is the same way. It's basically weird. The tree with the serpent. My Wild Unknown deck, I think, just has, like, two birds, like, lovebirds, which I, I, like, 
I almost like that symbolism a little better, probably just because I'm like disconnecting from the whole Adam and Eve thing. Um, but <laughs> the lovers, that card symbolizes attraction, love, um, beauty, partnership, not necessarily like romantic. It can be like friendship or like business partnership. It can represent trials that you're overcoming, union and commitment. Um, seven is the chariot, which is depicted as two sphinxes on or two sphinxes or horses. In my deck, it's horses. Um, oftentimes, one of them is white and the other one is black. In my deck, they're not white and black, but there is like a yin and yang symbol in the middle. Okay, yeah. The charioteer rears a crown. Sometimes she has wings. Uh, she has a sword or a wand in one hand, and there's typically like stars or a moon above the person's head. And that's supposed to symbolize celestial influences. Ooh. 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 Ah. So the chariot represents war sometimes. Um, it represents triumph, presumption, vengeance, trouble. It can also represent just movement forward. I normally think of it as like being pushed forward. Mm. Things happening at a fast pace. Diligence or willpower. And that's all the notes I took because I ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> so now I have to go look at my other notes okay. for the rest. But we are on strength. Okay. So strength is number eight. In the Rider Weight deck, it's it's basically a picture of a woman and a lion. The woman is like either next to or kind of like leaning over the lion. In most cases, the woman is like grabbing the lion's like jaws. Uh, there's an infinity symbol again over this woman's head. And there's often flowers somewhere on the card, which checks out. There's <laughs> like a big lion on it. Weird. Yeah, it's, al it's almost always a lion. Can you guess what card is associated with strength? Or what a fucking is it astrological sign? Is it Leo? <laughs> yes. Wow, holy Boom. shit. I have yet, I'm pretty sure every single one of my decks, the strength card has a lion on it. I actually really want to go get my deck. Okay. We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. What does your uh, strength card look like? Uh, oh, out of curiosity. Whoa. 
I just it's jumping deck. at you. It really is. All right. Sometimes relax. that happens. Sometimes it just you know. Relax. Just gotta guy. go. Gotta go fast. What? Uh oh. It was two cards in. <laughs> Perfect. The card said yes. I would like to participate in your game. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. So, my uh. strength card. <laughs> I did not edit any time out, by the way. And that, that was how quickly Sam found that card. It was literally three cards in. So I dropped it off the table and it got shuffled up a little bit. And then I just pulled it up and I was like, of course it's right here. That's amazing. Okay. So my strength card does have a lion on it. Ah, perfect. As well as a woman without a shirt on. And nice. a, a couple cats. I don't know if they're significant. And a swan. I feel like the swan is significant somehow. I feel like I heard that a while back, but I don't remember how. I don't know if you can can see my boy. Ooh. Oh, but she's like holding his jaw, like the. Oh yeah, she is holding his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Very weird. Um, okay. Oh, I didn't say what what strength symbolizes besides strength, uh, courage, self awareness, and uh, strength. Wow. Mm-hmm. But like inner strength, too. Inner strength. Yes, absolutely. Inner strength. Not necessarily physical strength. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it also sometimes uh, represents like restraint. Okay. Yeah. Like having restraint against different things. Okay. Anyway, uh, the next card is actually one of my favorites or the one that I've been getting the most, maybe. I don't hate it. Uh, the Hermit which is the ninth card in the Major Arcana. So in the uh, writer... Yeah, I do too. In the uh, in the writer weight tarot, um, the card shows an old man standing on a mountain peak, carrying a staff in one hand and a lit lantern with a, six, a six-pointed star in the other. And apparently this lantern is the lamp of truth used to guide the unknowing, and he seeks enlightenment. So yeah. Not always meant to, like, represent, like, a literal hermit, but the hermit can mean prudence, circumspection, treason, dissimulation, roguery, corruption, withdrawing, spending time alone, and self-searching. So, like, it can mean being a literal hermit, but mostly it's, like... Focusing on yourself. Okay. I guess. Yeah. And taking time alone for like healing and recovery often. So that's the hermit. And my my hermit card actually looks almost exactly like the writer's with one, except for it has a butterfly on it. Mine's an interpretation. Ooh, I like that. It's very ethereal. I mean it that is. whole deck is, but yeah. Which one is yours again? Oh, mine is the Shadowscapes Tarot by Stephanie Pui Moon Law. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. I love the art, and I connect a lot with this deck. Yeah, I do like that deck a lot. It's really pretty. It's just so pretty. <laughs> okay, so the next one is Wheel of Fortune, which is 10. So the Wheel of Fortune is typically like a six or eight-spoked wheel. Sometimes there's a like a human somewhere on it, or like a sphinx-like half-human, it says. Sometimes on the Wheel of Fortune card, it'll say uh, the letter Torah, again, T-O-R-A. And it can also be interpreted as R-O-T-A, the Latin word meaning wheel. So if you mix the 
letters up than its wheel. Interesting. <laughs> it often represents the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, which are said to be represented throughout the tarot by the four suits of pentacles, wands, swords, and cups, respectively. The Wheel of Fortune often means that there is an element of change that's coming into your life, whether it's, like, your job or your, like, life position or whatever. It can mean fate, inevitability, destiny, timing, change is coming. So sometimes it can mean, like, there's a change about to happen and it's your fate, it's your destiny, and sometimes it can mean, like, you are in control of your own destiny, depending on how you read it. So that's Wheel of Fortune. My card, for the record, is just, like, this weird weird stained glass window thing. Ooh, and cool. notably, it has seven spokes. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. But that's it. There's no other, like, there's, like, a couple weird fairy creatures on it, and then there's a lot of fucking roses. A lot of fucking roses. <laughs> Mine is literally a carousel with, like, animals on it. <laughs> Very good as well. Yeah. There's a snake on there. Ooh. And it looks like there's a sphinx and a lion and a unicorn and all other kinds of fun stuff. Neat. Okay. Anyway. All right. On to one of my favorites, Justice, which is most closely associated with Libra. Ooh. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled this the night we got married. Not me and you. Me and the person I'm married to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying for our lovely audience. <laughs> Sam and I are not married. <laughs> Sad, Sorry. Sadly. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Justice is number 11. In the Rider weight tarot deck, it's... Um, Normally a figure, not necessarily masculine or feminine, that holds a scale made of gold in their left hand, which symbolizes a balanced decision. So again, with like the Libra and the scale symbolism in mind, it's like this very, really like, I don't know, gentle looking lady with the scale in one hand and then a sword in the other hand. Here. Oh. I love this card. That's really cool. This one is a really gentle looking lady with a scale in one hand and a feather in the other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I remember I, re I remember seeing that card. Because of all the butterflies. On the day of your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember looking really closely at that card. Amazing. Um, I think that that's cool. The feather. That I is really why cool. The feather. <laughs> why the feather? I'm not sure. It doesn't say on here... If that's supposed to... Because on the Rider weight deck, it's a sword. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a balance of temperance and strength. So maybe that's something with it. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, but if you pull justice, it can mean equity, rightness, um, triumph of the deserving side in law, fairness, balancing, and accepting the truth. So last year, in 2020, when we were going through... A lot of, um, I'm going to say, like, there were a lot more human rights issues that were being brought into the limelight. I was pulling justice a lot <clears throat> because a lot of my readings were, what can I do? And like, how can I help? And a lot of the times it was just justice. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Uh. It can be it can be a fun card. I do really like it though. Fun card. All right. So number twelve, 
is um, another one that I also really like a lot, The Hanged Man. It's, when you think of The Hanged Man, I feel like you're thinking of a person literally being hanged. The imagery on most of the decks, I'm going to say, is uh, he's being hung by his feet. So he's hanging upside down. And apparently, in most cases, it's supposed to be... Oh, so so apparently, it's an image of a man being hanged upside down by one ankle. Um, and that method of hanging was a common punishment at the time for traitors in Italy. But they designed it to where he has like a very solemn expression on his face, which apparently suggests that he's there um, on his own choice. And mm-hmm. the car is meant to represent self-sacrifice more so than it does corporal punishment or criminality. Interesting. So, yeah, in the Rider Waite deck, he's hanging upside down and tied upside down by one angle. And uh, actually, my deck is pretty much exactly the same. So, the Hanged Man can sometimes represent wisdom, circumspection, discernment, trials, sacrifice, intuition, and prophecy. Um, the one that I typically associate it with the most is like your world is being flipped upside down and you're being asked to look at things from a new perspective. So like, it can also mean being in limbo. It can also suggest that you should take a few steps back and look at things from a different perspective. So yeah, that's the hanged man. Hanged man. And now one of two cards that I think tends to scare everybody, but that I really like, um, death is uh, conveniently the 13th major arcana card. And the card typically depicts the Grim Reaper, and it's often interpreted as signifying major changes in a person's life, not literally representing death. So the Rider Waite Tarot has basically the Reaper on a horse. And in my deck, it's actually that it still has the Reaper on it, but there's a, a dragon underneath it instead of a horse wow hell yeah dude it's a really cool looking card yeah it is so on top of signifying a lot of like major changes um it can also mean mortality destruction corruption new beginnings it can mean change and transformation so like death and rebirth essentially my card for the devil or the Grim Reaper. Fuck the devil. Um, and went for a phoenix, which is very representative of... The death and rebirth concept. Death and rebirth. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I like that they went for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I also pulled the death card the other day during my reading. Oh, yeah, you did. Wild shit, man. Weird. Wild. All right. Um, so, Temperance is the next card and is the 14th major arcana card. Like we said, our cup runneth over (laughs) is typically what I think of with this card. Um, It's typically like a a feminine looking figure with wings holding two cups and is pouring the top one into the bottom one. Historically, this was a standard symbol of virtue temperance, one of the cardinal values representing the dilution of wine with water. So that's like... Diluting wine with water is temperance. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but okay, cool. Like when you're uh, when you're trying to cut down on your drinking and you're trying to practice temperance Oh, and okay, you, you dilute your wine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but why would you do that? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, temperance can represent frugality, 
management, accommodation, self-control, harmony, understanding, balancing, and opposing factors. It is also closely associated with Sagittarius. And I already showed you my temperance card earlier. <laughs> it's a great card. All right. My favorite. Second favorite? Third favorite? Maybe. One of my favorites. The Devil. Which apparently people don't like getting. But I love it. It is the 15th trump card or major arcana card in most traditional tarot decks. Um, in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it is basically depicted as the devil um, sitting like on a pedestal. There's uh, an inverted pentagram on his head um, or their head. There's what looks to be Adam and Eve standing at his feet and they're chained. He has his right hand raised and then he has his other hand lowered and his lowered hand is holding a torch. The devil is supposed to symbolize uh, violence, vehemence, extraordinary efforts, force, and fatality. It can also represent obsession, materialism, temptation, addiction, and negative thoughts. Mm. So when I'm... <laughs> what I've noticed is that I sometimes pull this card when I'm beating myself up too much about something. If I'm, ta if I'm taking myself too seriously, sometimes I'll pull the devil card. And that basically <laughs> just reminds me, like, hey, stop being a fucking asshole to yourself. Lighten up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is this? Oh, I just clicked on a random link at the bottom that led me to the website that says it's called a aeclectic.net. I've never been to this website before, but it says, perhaps the most misunderstood card of all the major arcana, the devil is not really Satan at all, but Pan, the half-goat nature god, and or Dionysus. So some people think the devil is Dionysus. The Pan thing makes sense because, you know, the god Pan was essentially turned into the devil. My card has Pan on it, basically. Yeah, he's got, perfect! He's got horns and goat legs. He's got weird, weird, weird wings too. I don't think I've ever pulled this card. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, I really like that. Hmm. But he's got his hand up and his hand down and stuff. Oh yeah. The colors on mine are weird, but the art is funky. <laughs> the imagery is there. All right, so that's the devil. We have one, two, three, four, five, six more left. All right. Woo! Got, gotta We're go fast. It. We're getting there. All right. So um, number sixteen is the tower which is another card that I was pulling a lot in 2020. <laughs> so the tower in the Rider-Waite tarot deck is um, basically it's a big tower that is crumbling. It's on fire. Um, in the Rider-Waite deck, it's being struck by lightning. And there are people who are like falling from the top of the tower. It just like looks like horrible. Um and it's sometimes interpreted as meaning danger, crisis, sudden change, destruction, higher learning, and liberation. In the Rider Waite deck, the top of the tarot, the top of the tower has like a crown on it, and that's supposed to uh, symbolize materialistic thought being bought cheap, which hmm. is interesting. Uh, the tower is associated with the planet Mars. When you pull it, it can mean disruption, sudden unexpected change, unwelcome change, or chaos, which was very fitting for 2020. Mm -hmm. So that was my card of the year. In mine, it's uh, like literally the same. It's 
a tower being struck by lightning on fire and then there's like a wave underneath it yeah 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 all right and then we have number 17 which is the star the star most of the time is depicted as a woman kneeling by a pool of water she has like one foot in the water and one foot on land there's a big star above her head which is supposed to represent her core essences and then seven smaller stars representing the seven chakras each hand in each hand she has has a jug and from one jug she pours a liquid into the water from the other jug she pours a liquid onto the land so the star can represent loss theft abandonment it can also represent self-expression visionary progress inspiration and seeing the light in the dark so it's a pretty good card um i think it's interesting that this description that came from ae weight says that you know it's like about loss and theft and abandonment because i typically pull this card when i'm feeling really creative or um like i have just like a boost in energy is typically when i pull the star so i guess it depends Mm -hmm. and then on to the moon so the moon is the 18th card in the major arcana um it depicts a night scene where two large pillars are shown a wolf and a domesticated dog howl at the moon while crayfish emerge from the water The moon has 16 chief and 16 secondary rays and is shedding the moisture of fertilized dew in great drops. That's the description from Wikipedia. So apparently it's supposed to represent life of the imagination apart from life of the spirit. The dog and wolf are the fears of the natural mind in the present of that place of exit when there is only reflected light to guide it. The intellectual light is a reflection, and beyond it is the unknown mystery, which it cannot reveal. So this card is, like, really heavily associated with, like, your intuition. And sometimes it's associated with, like, devil work Mm -hmm. and um, deception and error. It can also symbolize um, being worried or being, like, apprehensive if you're feeling like you're really, like, blind to the truth. Like, if you feel like somebody's being dishonest with you and you pull the moon card like not completely out of the question so it's uh i also like to think of the moon as like a new moon where like it the moon is is dark you can't see it so like things are hidden so that's the moon mine is really cool actually it looks wow weird it looks really fancy yeah yeah i love it all right and then we have the sun which is number 19 the sun from the wider weight tarot deck shows an infant riding a white horse under the anthropomorphized sun sun <laughs> with sunflowers in the background. A.E. Waite suggested that this card is associated with attained knowledge. The child of life holds a red flag representing the blood of renewal while a smiling sun shines down on him representing accomplishment. Um, so this card is generally considered a very positive card. It's said to reflect happiness and contentment, vitality, self-confidence, and success. And is sometimes referred to sometimes referred to as the best card in tarot. Wow. Yes. Tarot favoritism. <laughs> I mean, I have like 15 favorite cards. So yeah, that's fair. Out of 78. 
<laughs> so, um, the sun can also represent uh, happiness, warmth in your soul, or sharing joy. So I pulled the sun like three cards last or three days last week when I was having like a great week, and like conveniently it was on days where like the sun was shining and like it's very nice. Very nice. All right, two more. The next one is judgment, which is number twenty. Twenty. So in the Rider Waite deck, um, it's basically modeled after Christian imagery of the resurrection and last judgment. An angel, possibly Metatron, is depicted blowing a great trumpet from which hangs the flag of St. George, which which represents the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. A group of resurrected people of sallow complexion stand arms spread looking up at the angel in awe. Weird. It's very interesting. In my deck, it's like basically what looks like two angels with trumpets and then Adam and Eve are like standing below them and they're all like looking up at the heavens. Oh, yeah. Which I really like. So this card is supposed to represent rebirth. Again, um, your inner calling, absolution. Um, sometimes it can represent karma. It can represent a second chance or forgiveness of others or the self. Acceptance, taking account and not putting the blame on others. So, like, I, th- I like to think of judgment as just, like, I mean, I think acceptance is a really good word for it. Like, accepting the, that, like, this is where you're meant to be. And the last one is the world. The 21st card. In the Rider Waite deck, it is depicted as a naked woman hovering or dancing above the earth holding a staff in each hand, surrounded by a wreath being watched by the four, by four living creatures. It looks like one of them is an eagle, another one is a lion, another one looks like it's, like, a bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, here it is, here it is. Um, the lion is Leo, the bull or calf is Taurus, the man is Aquarius, the eagle is Scorpio. Hmm. My world card is, like, a little different. I guess you can see the faces of the four of them, kind of, like, in the wings, but there's a... um. It looks like a fairy dancing. Oh, weird. Mine is also very weird. It's really cool, but... Ooh. She's just, like, surrounded by green, looking with, like, the moon looking down at this woman with a crown, and she's holding, like, a crystal ball. I love that. Yeah. That's a really cool card. Yeah. That that one is my favorite. Uh, Another favorite. Another favorite? Another favorite. Just because of the art. It's so good. (laughs) The art just gets me, man. Um, So the world can mean assured success, voyage, route, emigration, flight, or change of place. Um, It can also mean completion, fulfillment, achievement, happiness, accomplishment, and acceptance again. So now that we've gotten to the end of the Major Arcana you can kind of see how the progression happens with the fool and starting at, you know, being impulsive and childlike and spontaneous and being fulfilled and happy and accomplished. And the way that Kiki Dombrowski described it was it's like a cycle and, you know, it doesn't end at the world. You know, you might, you might pull the world one day and wake up the next day and pull the fool again, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I just think it's really cool. And, I mean, that's just the major arcana, so 
if you're like not super familiar with tarot and if you have a tarot deck um i don't know maybe just try separating all of your major arcana cards and just try pulling from them and seeing what you get um and like really associate yourself with the imagery for each card so that you can really connect with your deck connect with your deck deck connect dot biz that's my new website no it's not no it's actually not. actually i was gonna say the reason why i chose this topic is because i started doing tarot readings again and it like reignited my like passion for tarot and like all of the knowledge that i gained that i completely just forgot about all started coming back to me and I was like, I want to talk to people about this. That's awesome. It's also really fucking confusing. There's 78 cards. Yeah. Like, but <sighs> anyway. Shit is wild. I may or may not post my my link for tarot readings on our website at some point. But if you are interested in getting a tarot reading from me, that is something that I do. I'm just going to plug myself right there. You're allowed to do that. This is your podcast. I'm aware. I just don't like to be like, give me money. <laughs> But I am a Gemini, but I I can only talk about myself so much before I become aware of how much I'm talking about myself, and then I'm socially anxious about it for about two weeks. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Anyway, thank you for coming to my tarot talk. And thank you to Kiki Dombrowski and all of the other people who have created all of the resources that I used because it's a lot of information. Yeah, it is a lot of information. Thank you. I learned a lot. You're welcome. That was fun. Good. I'm putting away my boys. Your boys. I, I also didn't look anything up. That's okay. I talked a lot, so. <laughs> well, you want to just uh, tell me what you've been smoking or something? I don't know. No, man, because we couldn't remember what we've been Oh, wait, we did get oh. something. Oh, hang on. Oh, shit. He's just going to start saying words again. I, I won't lie. Okay, so in conclusion, I have no idea what I've been smoking recently. All right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Because I actually remembered that I wanted to talk about uh, the uh, <laughs> the thing that happened this weekend with one of the strains that I have. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. I told Jeff. Was he freaked out? He was a little. He was a little bit freaked out. He was pretty much just like, "Oh, that's great," and I was like, "Yeah." Oh, okay. Well, um, so the person that grows the weed that we get likes for us to label all of our plants, right, or all of our jars based on like what plant they are. So, like our white widow jar is named Camilla, which just happens to be Sam's grandmother's name. Great grandmother. Great grandmother. Yeah. Okay. And I, like, knew that, but I didn't really make the connection. <laughs> so we were like, I was like, oh, yeah, so this one's Hazel, and this one's blah, and this one's blah, and this one's Camilla. And Sam was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can, like, maybe smoke some of that later, because we had, like, just packed a bowl of something else. I couldn't remember what it was. And then we, like, left the room, and we were like, oh, we'll come back later and, like, smoke the other stuff later. And then Jeff ended up taking taking out that jar out of all of the jars, he ended up taking out that one jar and, like, putting it out on the table. And I didn't talk to him about it either. So we walked back in there and suddenly that strain of weed is just sitting yeah. there and we're just like, what? <laughs> so we smoked it. 
And it was very good weed. <laughs> yes, it is very good weed. White Widow is a uh, is one of my f- is actually I think it's one of Jeff's favorites. I've never looked it up though. Ah, I love a good marijuana synchronicity, you know? Yeah, me too. It just makes me feel like I'm where I need to be, you know? I do know. And if where I need to be is smoking weed, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying. But also, I feel like whenever we hang out, like, weird shit just happens, so. Dude, so much weird shit happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it. Starting with the fucking recorder. Oh, and then our friend Ken gave us uh, Oracle readings, which was amazing. It was. I loved it. Thank you, Ken. Ken is very talented. Underrated. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. So White Widow, it says that it says happy, euphoric and uplifted. The dominant terpene is myrcene. Bred in the Netherlands by greenhouse seeds, a cross between a Brazilian sativa land race and a resin heavy South Indian indica. White Widow has blessed every Dutch coffee shop's menu since its birth in the 1990s. That's very neat. Neat. It's a classic strain. That would explain why we're getting it, because the guy who grows our stuff is is older. So. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, would you like to, to plug our mids? To plug our mids? Um, yeah. Please visit our website at www.com your brain on weird.com there you will find links to all of our social media and also our merchandise store where we have many things available with our very cool and also hip logos yes very cool and hip for all the kids out there for all those teens oh actually no teens this is a 21 plus show no teens. For all no you teens. cool adults out there, wear our swag. It's got 666 and 420 and all of those satanic things on it. Yeah, they're <laughs> really cute and really funny. And it's just the vibe we like to give, you know? Yes. Also, I think I'm going to work on a couple more uh, designs soon. Hell yeah. On a day where I feel creative. Creative. I feel ready to break out the iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, also, thank you to everybody who has purchased merch from us already. Yes. few people have bought shirts. Yay! And if you have bought shirts, I would love for you to send us some pictures of you wearing your shirts. Yay! Yes, please. Or if we sent you a mug or anything, I'd also love to see pictures of you using your mugs so that it can feel a little more real to me that we have merch. Yeah, because if we just have merch... Like cool. I mean, that's great. Yeah. It would be cooler if we had proof of other people wearing our merch. That's true. Yes. 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 Also, on our website, you could submit your personal horror stories to us. Also, they don't have to be horror. They can just be, like, a little scary or just something weird that happened to you, really. Honestly. They don't have to be completely horrific, but... Those are allowed. Yeah, we want all types of stories. Um, and if we get enough stories, we'll tell them on a little weird sometime. And that would be really cool. Yes, we love when we get to do those, which is not very often. So, yes. Send us more stories. Yes, please. Yes. Anything else that you need to say? Nah, I'm good. Great. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. 
We appreciate it. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this has been your brain on weird. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Goodbye.